You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Brian loves the music, y'all. You want to whistle, don't you? I do. You do want to whistle, I know you do. He's bothering me the whole time. Who is? You, you, you. The, that's like that horn, Jericho. Is it too much for you? Should I take my halo off? Okay. Okay. It's always been too much. Well, you know, I heard that uh, that song there. It's going. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, 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 I heard that. you dancing on the stage like this. Oh, I'm a fairy now? Is that dancing on the stage? I didn't say that. You said that the first service. I was like a fairy dancing on the stage. Did I say that? Can you sit here? You, you know, we, we would like to see a quick pirouette. Can you do that real quick? Go ahead. I can do a little Michael Jackson, you know. No, let's, let's just stop right there, guys. You, um, I mean, I can, I can do a little No, don't do walking. it. Really, don't. I didn't mean it. Oh, you know, I can do a little moonwalking, you know. Because, okay, that's fine. You guys already know. You jealous. Executive Pastor Brian Cox. Yeah. He's introduced himself several times already today. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my, my phone just cut on trying to buy something. I'm sorry. And this is lead pastor Eddie Cox on the far right here. I, yeah, I'm, why are you talking? You stop talking. Right I, now. I thought we should have put Eddie in the middle, I'm, then he would have had a thief on either side, just like Jesus, you know? He's, so I'm Jesus and y'all the thieves? I, I, I do like so. that. You like that, I don't do you? like that. I'm the lead pastor. Him? I'm not senior anymore. <laughs> I'm not a senior pastor. He is my brother. So you are the senior pastor that. on this panel. But we are brothers. Say what? <laughs> you are the older brother. This is not how it went the first service. We were nicer. We were really? nicer. Well, maybe a little. Maybe. Okay. Well, what awesome. did you ask me the first service? What would it take for me to what? believe Eddie was the son of God? Yes. Yeah, so, oh my goodness. We looked at the Gospel of John in the series Bystander. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. And one of the things that we see happen uh, with Jesus is after, after the resurrection, one of his primary followers, in fact, he becomes the lead pastor at the church in Jerusalem, is his brother James. And, and I asked Brian, what would Eddie have to do for you to believe that he was the son of God? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I've been telling you, um, I've been, you know. Well, really, I told this earlier on. Yeah. What Eddie really tried to do was kill me. I before did. I, I mean, and I brought him there's back. No lie, there, there's three times he tried to kill me in my life, and y'all, I'm not kidding. You can't count the third one. I didn't know about that one. What the dog? Yeah, that wasn't my fault. I can't I control felt like the dog. You went, Go get him. I don't know. But there was a one time we were wrestling, 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 wrestling. Well, like south it's wrestling, and somewhere else it's wrestling. Okay, so y'all, y'all with me? Well, this is a true story now. True story. I don't know how old we were. I was eight. Maybe you were forty. I don't know. No, I was four. You. I was four, and you're you were, eight. You were twelve or so. I don't know. Oh my! And I was the younger brother, and I had two older brothers, so I'm having to pretty much take care of myself okay they they were bad brothers but we were wrestling we like to watch wahoo mcdaniel and some Rick of you Flair. kids out there you know i don't even know what that is it, it is wrestlemania weekend by the way oh is it really it so is. now you understand we have some wrestlers in our church um but we it used to always want to put me in these the figure four remember that oh i know i mean i love that and he one. just 
he did, and you just slapping me and everything. But this one time he pushed me. Do you remember this story though? I know. I put you. You were in the. I pushed yeah. you into the chair yeah. and you flipped back into the wall. I flipped back into the wall. What we had on the wall was a sun clock. Okay, and it had these little Spikes. sharp edges going out like out of metal. Spikes. I don't know. It was dangerous. It was not kid friendly. Okay, so just throwing it he out. He pushed me against the wall. I hit the wall. It fell off the the wall and it straddled my neck. It split his neck like, like that. This. I was that close to not having. It was like out. something from Indiana Jones. Was this little thing is, <laughs> and it was that close to death. I know. I don't. I'm I think sorry. We just didn't think about it till later. Oh yeah, that could have hurt. Um, more but Christmas, then, more but Christmas then the next friends. time it started getting more obvious. The next time he he there's a glass of turpentine on the table. He's like, "There's some water." Now hold on a minute. Now I'm young. A little like, like water. I'm thirsty. Said, there's some water right there. Go drink it. You you couldn't tell that you could like put it in your mouth. No, it wasn't water. That's what I always wanted to know. Well, I, I, after it I drank the turpentine, like turpentine, I ended up in the hospital in one of those little tents. And then I prayed over me. Just saying, y'all. Okay. <laughs> So, so unless he, he put you in an oxygen tent, is what you're telling me. I think he was trying to get rid of me. I really do. More Christmas presents. Just throwing so, so what you're saying, Brian, is even if Eddie rose from the dead, you're not sure he. Well, I don't know. That's, well, that's pretty. That's if strong. If he did right that, there. I guess I would. I guess that's strong. I don't know what God's thinking. Well, see, James did. You know, he believed and he was willing to die for it. He had to see the see? resurrection, though. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? That, yeah. I mean, that was a good brother. Okay. Yeah. So. I know why Mama kept me away from you. Oh. Okay, enough about us. Yeah, so we call this yeah. series Bystander because John, who we know as the Apostle John now, was a bystander to Jesus' life and ministry. And he saw Jesus do incredible things, and uh, he believed because of what he saw. And then he looked forward into time and said, there's going to come a generation or several generations that aren't going to get to see so I want to write down everything that I've seen. And uh, I started the series with this tension. We talked about the words faith and believe. Because we throw around those terms a lot in Christianity, and we kind of hang our hat on those two terms, faith and believe. Um, but here's the thing. We, we know in, real, in the real world, in real life, we know what it means to believe something. And we believe things based on evidence. Or we believe things based on information that we've received from a trusted source. But many of us who maybe grew up in the church, we were always just told, hey, you just have to believe. You just have to have more faith. Um, and, and that was kind of our answer to everything. And what we wanted to do in the series is we wanted to present the evidence that John has left with us. And when John decided to write what we call the Gospel of John, that was his purpose. He wanted to present the evidence to us. He wanted to build a case for us that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. In fact, at the end of his writing, he gives us his thesis statement. He says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. He wrote everything that he wrote. He recorded every sign, and he couldn't, he couldn't write them all down. There wasn't enough room. He wrote all these things so that we would believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And so we set out over the last four weeks to try to help you in your faith, maybe strengthen your faith because of the evidence. And maybe some of you 
have, you know, not given your life to Jesus. Maybe you wouldn't consider yourself a Jesus follower. And we wanted you to consider the evidence. So if you're watching online at home, if you're in the room today, uh, we would love to hear from you. You can text us. If you're on the app, there's the number there. Text us a question about the series, about the Gospel of John, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll do our best to answer it. But we started with that tension, and then we moved into the first sign. And we're not calling them miracles, even though they were miracles. We're calling them signs because Jesus performed these miracles with purpose. And we talked about turning water into wine. Jesus was at a wedding, and he turned water to wine. And I think one of the you know, top five questions that we've been asked is, was it real wine? Well, that's an absolute yes over here. An absolute yes. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt. I mean, they spoke of how good it was, you know. It so. wasn't the box wine, is what you said. That's right. No, it was the good stuff. Yeah, because the usually stuff. they say the box wine for last. <laughs> yes. But the, the master ceremony said that, that you've saved the best until now, and uh, God had as well. And why did he think he did the miracle? We talked about the first service. This was always good for me. To make his mama happy. To make mama happy. It made mama happy, nobody happy. You remember that's in the a little yeah. saying there. Yeah. So mom's at the wedding. Jesus and his followers have been invited to the wedding. So John's at the wedding. And uh, they run out of wine. And uh, their wedding you know, celebrations lasted for several days. And, and you know, That's a lot of wine. That's a lot of wine. You need yeah. a lot of wine. And they ran out. And if you ran out of wine in that culture, that was bad news. Yeah. That was not yeah. good for anybody. And uh, Mary... The mother of Jesus needed some wine made, and Jesus wanted to make his mom happy. And he did. It was the good stuff. I think he was, you know, she was like, this is the son of God. You know, I gave birth to the son of God, and you wouldn't believe what he can do. I want to show you. So she was kind of like, look at this, watch this, you know, kind of thing. And it's pretty cool. So Mary knew some things, and you kind of think she was showing off for her friends a little bit, maybe. Maybe. I'm just being, I'm just being me right now. We're you just, know, so. Just being real, I think right? so, maybe. yeah. I think, I think that could so. happen. We know from the scripture that Mary didn't know things. Uh, even early on in Jesus' days, the scripture records that she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She, she knew kind of what was going on. And uh, this is the first recorded miracle, but we think there were more before that. You know, everything wasn't written down according to John. Right. And he called them, like, like you said, signs. The miracles, miracles are a standalone event. If you want to know what that is, it's just a standalone event happened there. And signs are something that point to something. And this is what John was saying, that I'm writing all the signs down for the evidence so that you can believe. And the question was, in the middle of all that, is why do you believe? That was the question as we walked through this. Yeah, I thought it was what you said in your message was that Jesus didn't perform them just because he was a good guy, and I can. There was purpose behind those miracles, those signs. That we, I never heard that before, really. You, know, you just kind of assume that's what Jesus did all the time, but he really had a purpose. In the because he could have done it all day long, I guess you know. Right. But for some reason, he wanted us to believe, and this is the way. I guess in those days, to make that happen, make John write those down and us see what really happened. You know. Yeah, and I think it's important that we understand the context that these were Jewish people at this wedding. And so he wanted, he wanted to do a miracle, perform a sign um, that would tell them something, that would teach them something. And uh, I don't think he planned to do a miracle that day. And I know you can go back and forth, what did Jesus know, what did he not know? But he didn't go to the wedding 
to do the sign, and we'll talk about this later, but mm. when he healed the blind man and when he raised Lazarus, he totally set those up. Yeah. He didn't set this up. He just wanted to make Mama happy. But when he decided that he was going to do something, he saw the ceremonial water pots sitting there empty. And he said, fill them with water. And then he turned that water to wine. And the message was clear. He wanted them to understand that the old covenant, those old rules, regulations, that law that they were living under, that that was going away, that there's going to be a new covenant and a new law ultimately. And, And so it was a sign to them that the old is going away, that I've come to fulfill the law. I've come with a new covenant. And it was those ceremonial washing pots were what he used to demonstrate that. I have a question. Excellent. From our audience. It's a good one. Do we have signs today or have the signs stopped because we have the spirit to help us believe? I think that's a great question. Well, I, th- I mean, I, th- I think the signs are, we're definitely would deal with people, whether it be people's lives, circumstances, healings, uh, those things. I think, and of course, the biggest one is the transformation of salvation. That's the biggest sign that God is actually at work. And that, that, is, that hasn't stopped since those, those days. You know, the band's been leading us in this song, Evidence, throughout the series, and we're going to end with it today. And I think there is evidence all around us of God moving, of God working. I mean, we saw six teenagers' lives change, their eternity change this week. God is moving and working all around us. And, and I think there are different kinds of signs now. And, and I think this, too, I don't... And much like his followers then, our antenna are not always up, and we don't always recognize when God is moving, when the Spirit's moving, and so maybe we miss the signs. There's a real possibility. We talk about, you know, staying in the moment, uh, all the things that God's doing around you. I think sometimes we get in a hurry, and we just go in or out, wherever that is, and God's done some some things around you or about to do some things we're not really paying attention uh, sometimes we're not, we don't think that God can move other than Sunday, but he actually does. He actually moves other days too. You know, I think that you make a great point, Eddie. And one of the things that you talked about when you talked about the healing of the blind man is you talked about this God box that we have. And may, maybe we can't see God working. Maybe we don't see the signs because it doesn't fit in our box. Well, that was, they had, that's what happened in his day. They had a religious... God box. Everybody has one. Even if you don't believe in Jesus, it's still, it's empty, but you have one. And so they had this God box that how this is how God is supposed to work and supposed to perform. And a lot of those things were their own rules. And Jesus was always living outside the box. He was always doing things they didn't think God should do. And I think sometimes we're not open to what God really wants to do because we're used to, this is the way he's always done it. And he's done new things all along. You know, one of the part of their God box was um, they didn't believe that bad things happen to good people. In fact, um, some people came to Jesus, his disciples, some of his followers said about this blind man, who sinned, him or his parents? And so they they believed that that his impairment was directly related to somebody's sin. And and I think sometimes we've even taken that approach with people. What did they do? They must have done something, you know, if that's what happened. I think that, I mean, first, second centuries, for sure, they believe that uh, cause and effect. If you sin, then something, something bad happens to you. Maybe not to you, but your family, like a woman, if she was pregnant, went to a pagan temple, 
And then when the baby was born, that means something bad's going to happen to the child. And that's how they believed. And Jesus said, no, that's not it at all. It was totally nothing to do with parents or whatever. It's basically sin has happened to this world and caused it. And I think the thing that we have to realize that Jesus, this will help you a little bit. Jesus didn't come to fix our bodies. He came to save our souls. It's a little different thought when you're walking into the Gospel of John. Well, you talked about our mother. Yes. Remember? Yes. Um, you shared that story about when she, our mother had cancer, and I guess she passed away in 94, been that long? But I remember you having to deal with that very question. It's, it's amazing that that happened in, in such modern yeah. times that someone would actually say that to you, what sin is in her life that caused this to happen. Yeah, what he's telling you is that somebody came to uh, the house and said, what's wrong with your mother? Your mother has sinned, unconfessed sin. If she confessed the sin, she would be healed. And so, of course, that did not go very well with me. Uh I was trying to be as sweet as I could. This was for ministry. I know, and uh, (laughs) this was for marathon. Okay, all right, yeah, I'm good now. All right, You can smack them now. But, I mean, that is still maybe, and even today, thought of because somebody did something, this is the reason why you're having this trouble, that kind of thing. Some things can happen, but that was, uh, this. Jesus was addressing this right straight up with that. At at Jesus, when they asked Jesus who sent him, him or his parents, Jesus says, no, he was born this way so God could receive the glory. I think that goes back to that sign thing. Like, we, we see circumstances that we think are horrible, and we don't understand that maybe God's going to use that for his glory. So are you, I'm going to let you, are you saying, I'm going to ask, can I, I'm going to, here we go. Are you going to jump in? I'll let you. But you're saying, and that opens a big can of worms that he did right there. So sickness and death could be used for the glory of God. That's what. Is that what we're hearing on that? I mean, that's what Jesus said. He said he, he literally said this guy was born blind so that God could be glorified. So my mother's cancer was God could get the glory. And we know that to be true, don't we? You go ahead. Well, I jumped in on you. That's why marathon's now, You here. call it the setup. Yeah. You talked about that God set it up that way so his glory could be revealed. So his kingdom could be impacted by it. And that's basically, we look back on our lives with our mother, and uh, we talk about her all the time. I will never apologize for that. She was an amazing person that we couldn't understand, such a Christian woman, why God did not heal her. We prayed for her. It did not happen. And, and I, it challenged my faith. It, I mean, it really did. I mean, and it, it, I know it did you. I think we were mad for a while. We were pretty mad. I mean, I've been straight up. And, we're you know, mad. Yeah. Some of you probably been there where you're like, God... We don't get what you're doing. You know, maybe you're just, you're just not who you say you are. And, and you, you get in that place, and, and, you know, after a few years, you start looking back and seeing what God's doing. And then Marathon came along in 97. We look back at those days. We talk about all time, but God set us up through my mother that we were so attached to her and that, you know, she could pray for anything and it would happen. In fact, she prayed that we'd be in ministry, so this is her fault. That I'm up here today. Here we are. <laughs> and I'm not in a band somewhere in a bar right now. I'm up here. I'm thankful for that. We are too. But we, but we know that when she prayed, things happened, so we just figured we could do that. But um, we felt like God, had, we look back, God had set us up that 
when mama went away, we had to decide what we were going to do with our lives. Were we going to do ministry? Because we didn't really want to do ministry. We, we had no idea. This is what's crazy about where we are. This was not planned. Not in our eyes. Not in our hearts. No, we had, we had different The last everything. thing we wanted was to be in a church. Okay? We didn't care for that. We've been in much. church. But... It was tough. Marathon came along, and it's, it's a big story, but God had set us up. He said, because, because of what she's done for you and how she loved and prayed for you, this is what I'm going to do with you. So he set us up. I don't know. Maybe you want to well, share she said that. To, I mean, she said to me, I said, Mom, I want you to live. She said, it doesn't matter whether I live or die as long as the kingdom of God moves. Now, I hated that statement. It came from Paul, but my mother actually was living that. So her death was better for the kingdom. This is where, I think this is where God is walking with us in this. I understand the glory and the, what is God's will on earth. Go ahead. Well, I always think about it. If she had not moved on, what, what, who would have missed out on Jesus Christ? So death moves the kingdom. So thousands of people have found Christ through this ministry, and yes. other churches have begun. Yes. So... All because of that setup, I believe. Yeah, and I think some people might say, well, isn't it kind of cruel of God, of Jesus, to let this guy live his whole life blind yeah. so that he could do a sign so that God could re receive glory? But listen, the blind man doesn't care. When he gets healed, he doesn't care. And, and one of the things that is said is they, they try to ask him all these questions about Jesus. He's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know everything there is to know. All I know is I was blind, and now I can see. So do with that what you want. And, and I think that um, a lot of times, again, we have to go, we have to look for how God's going to get glory. If we're not looking, we're not going to see it. Yeah. We can become numb to what God's doing mm -hmm. because we, we get in the, the motions of church. And we think it... We think it's this way all the time. We don't, we don't really see what God's doing. You know, Jesus was always looking for the Father. He was always looking, where's, where's God working? You know, and I think you have to really be intentional. Maybe that's why we don't see as many signs. We're so busy in our lives trying to do other things. We're not looking at what God's doing right in front of us, maybe. You know. So then Jesus raised the game. And we didn't look at all the signs that John includes in his writing uh, we were strategic. Um, he sets up another sign, another miracle. He literally lets his friend die. Mm -hmm. um, he's a day's walk away from Bethany. He could have got to Lazarus before he died. And he said, it's all for God's glory. I mean, the setup, I mean, you know, he always talked. If, if you read the scriptures, you're going to know that Jesus always talked to his dad. And then right before this Lazarus thing happened. They had already had a meeting. They knew how it was going to work. They're going to wait four days. And he even said in the prayer, you know, you've already heard me. We've already had this conversation. But this is to show, this is for your glory what's going to happen. Even though Lazarus was raised from the dead, he still died because he was not here for the body. He was here for the soul. That's what the whole point of that was, what he was trying to say. And so another sign that says, you need to trust me. You need to believe in me. Yeah, in fact, Jesus says that his sickness will not end in death. Uh, and he says, no, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And once again, we, we see 
Jesus' purpose. We see that he does it with purpose. And, and John wants to make sure that he records it that way so that we understand that it was done with purpose. And it's not that Jesus is unfeeling. When he gets to the tomb, you know, he weeps. You know, I think not just for his friend, but for his other loved ones who've lost their loved one. And then he says, roll the stone away. And take off the grave clothes. He said, this is a different world, a different... It is really interesting how he, to set that up, and this he goes from there to the cross, you know. He goes from there, he's going to go Lord's Supper and go to the cross, and he's actually going to do it for all of us, and that's what happened. And so even though Lazarus came back from the dead and all the things that happened with that, he is here for the soul, and the kingdom moves from generation to generation because of us, to people knowing that's where the celebration, that's where the glory of God comes from, is the, sal- the salvation six this weekend. They celebrated, the Bible says they celebrate in heaven every time somebody right. accepts Christ. So he, he raises Lazarus from the dead, and then he heads toward the, co- the cross. Um, and you made a great point, Eddie, in your message last Sunday, that John's the only one there. He, he is our eyewitness. He's our bystander. He's writing so that we'll believe. And he's the only one at the cross. And he still doesn't know what is about to happen because nobody believes there's nobody, right? Nobody believes there's nobody. And so John, I, they didn't, nobody expected nobody. And so there was just, all of that was just, I mean, as much as we think we knew and much as they thought they knew, that was going, everything was about to change. It kind of comes full circle. I say he's the only one there, but Jesus' mother's there. And uh, Jesus talks to John and says, hey, would you take care of my mom? Which is kind of cool. I think that's a cool, in the middle of all what was going on. I mean, he takes, he takes everything off of him, puts it right on the mom, take care of her. I think it's amazing love that he had for all of us. And he goes to the cross literally carrying all of our sin dies on the cross, um, but the tomb is empty. He, he rises again on the third day, um, the ultimate sign that he is the Son of God. And John didn't believe till then. Peter didn't believe until then. His brother James didn't. They, they didn't believe until they saw the empty tomb. Is that not the question? What would it take to believe? Exactly. That was the question. Yeah. yeah. What would it take to believe? And we shared that, my story, when I was saved at seven, right. I don't know when you were. Are you happy? Never mind. Um, I, I was saved before me. you, probably. I'm just. But saying. I can. I, I remember we talked about faith and belief. You know, we grew up in church all my life, and we just assumed that this is the way it was. And, you know, you just you, you got to believe, and for the sake of anything, you just needed to believe. You know, you need to have faith, and. That's easy to say sometimes because I think we get caught in that, and I'm not downplaying any of that. I'm not trying to, but, you know, I've been in those moments where God's working and, you you know, his presence is amazing and you've been on retreats and stuff like that. But I had done all that most of my life, and I really got to a point to where I, I, I didn't, not that I didn't believe it, but I just didn't live it. Because I think if you believe it, you'll live it. You know, and we was talking earlier that I didn't, we didn't start marathon until I was 30 years old, and that's old for some of you, I know. But 
I look back on those days and God had set me up from mother to then all those years because my faith had been rocked so much that this, this series was really good for me to understand the signs, understand what, what really happened. Even though I'd heard all my life, but to actually put a foundation of evidence behind what God is saying, what he's doing. And, and it really helped my faith. And I think you even shared a quote from someone that said um, people lose their faith. Yeah, Frank Turek said yeah. the reason so many people are easily talked out of Christianity is because they were never talked into it in the first place. Yeah. And, and again, to circle back, if, if you're following Jesus... Read the Gospel of John and let it strengthen your faith. If you don't, you know, believe the Bible, if you think you don't believe in Jesus, just look at the evidence. Read John's account. You can find it in the Bible. Read the Gospel of John. Read his account. And just look at the evidence. Consider the evidence. I believe that the truth will speak to you. You know, Eddie, you talked about um, what it takes for people to believe. And you talked about how God put us on this rock, third rock from the sun. He preserves and maintains us. You talked about the miracle of our eyes and our brain. But for some people, that's not enough. Well, that, that was why John wrote the gospel. I mean, as I speak to you, I'll hurry. But as I speak to you, 50,000 cells just died in your body. And by the time I get through speaking, you just got them back. And you had nothing to do with that. This is all God. It's amazing. But to get somebody to trust just a little bit, I mean, for a lifetime of belief. And I think that thing that I need to tell you for all of us is that how do I know that, I mean, what's, you know, do I trust him? Do I believe him? All I know is this. When I accepted Jesus Christ in my life, there was a transformation that took place. It was supernatural. I cannot explain it in any way. I just had a little trust and a little faith, and it changed me. There's, there's evidence all over our lives that Jesus changed our lives. And let me just encourage you this way. Jesus came and he walked on this earth and he did miracles and he did signs. And ultimately, he went to the cross for you and for me. He took all of our sin to the cross with him and he died to pay the penalty for our sin but then he rose again on the third day we had such a great time celebrating Easter last Sunday but listen every Sunday is Easter Sunday that's why we worship on Sunday because Jesus rose from the dead the tomb is empty y'all it's still empty yeah come on and listen listen if you've been following Jesus for a long time or for two days, keep going after Jesus. The tomb is empty. He's alive, and he wants to change your life. And if you've not given your life to Jesus, just get in an all-out pursuit of him. Get in an all-out pursuit of the truth, and I think that you'll find that he is everything that he said he is, and he wants to change your life, and you'll see the signs all around you when he does. For me, the best evidence in my life is what God did for me. Because mm. I knew I was this way. I know what I used to be, and now I know what I am. I don't know how to explain it. But I know no. supernatural. Supernatural. Changed my heart, changed my mind, and, and God is doing that every day in my life. And that's what we want for you. I know somebody watching, or maybe you're here. Uh, you haven't accepted Christ. We want to give you that chance. If you would, just bow your heads with us this morning. You know, we're speaking from experience here. The signs in our life. 
of change. Everyone on this stage has experienced that change. Some of you out there have. It's very important to us that people find Christ. It's not just a game. It's not just something we do. There's evidence that it changes you. That it's the way that you need to live your life. There's people today hearing my voice online or in this room that need to know that Jesus sees you. He loves you. He gave everything for you. He did every miracle for you so you could find him today. And if you'd like to accept Christ today, wherever you are, I'm just going to say a prayer. And all you have to do is pray with me. And you can receive him today. Let's pray together. I want you to just say this to me. Say, Father, I'm a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me. I pray that you would come into my life and change me. Make me a new person. I believe that you died for me and you rose again so I could live. Thank you for loving me. I give my life to you today. Maybe some of you prayed that today. If you did, just let us know in the chat box or you can message us. Or go to our connection center out here. We'd love to talk with you. I pray today that you would just let God work in your heart. Wherever you are today, God is working. Wherever you go to eat today, wherever you work, look for the sign that God is working in your life. And Father, we thank you for this amazing day that we could celebrate what you've done. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just sing this together. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.